RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, the chief executive says he opposes the idea of an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak. The legislator, who represents the architectural, surveying, planning and landscape sectors, says he found a mock-up of a light public housing flat quite appealing. And security is beefed up in the Pakistani capital Islamabad after the deadly bombing in Peshawar that killed dozens of people. Chief Executive John Lee says he's against setting up an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak. A government pandemic adviser, Yung Kwok Yung, last week called for such an inquest, saying they're important to learn from and for making better preparations for the next pandemic. But speaking through an interpreter, Mr Lee told reporters officials would review their responses in order to be prepared for future challenges. Over the past seven months, we've taken stock of our experience and we have been enhancing our measures. These measures will help us meet future challenges. Handling any pandemic will require adapting to the circumstances. I can toss around a hundred plans today, but then something new comes up tomorrow, and that will call for new plans. Lawmaker Tony Sayre says a mock-up of a light public housing flat he saw was quite appealing and such temporary housing would mean a lot to people currently living in inadequate conditions. Yesterday, the government said by not including air cons in the flats, it could save around $200 million. The flats are intended for those in the queue for traditional public rental units. Mr Tsair, who represents the architectural, surveying, planning and landscape sectors, said excluding air conditioners was reasonable, given that they also weren't provided in the traditional units. I think basically there are two reasons, I believe. The first is to cut the cost. And secondly, of course, at the moment, I think those traditional proper rental housing won't include air conditioning. Would it set a precedent and maybe they have to be forced to provide air conditioning units for the traditional proper rental housing? Turning overseas, security has been stepped up in the Pakistani capital Islamabad after a deadly attack on a mosque in the city of Peshawar. At least 83 people, many of them policemen, were killed. The bombing has been linked to the Pakistani Taliban, which ended a ceasefire in November. Stefan Dujarik is a spokesman for the head of the United Nations. It is particularly abhorrent that such an attack occurred at a place of worship. Freedom of religion, freedom of belief, and the ability to worship in peace is a fundamental human right. The Secretary General extends his heartfelt condolences to the families of the victims and wishes a prompt recovery to those injured. And he reiterates the solidarity of the United Nations and the government and people of Pakistan in their efforts to address terrorism and violent extremism. The fire department in the U.S. city of Memphis has sacked three people in connection with the fatal police beating of Tyree Nichols this month. An investigation found two paramedics and the driver failed to provide Mr Nichols with adequate care. He was punched, kicked and hit with a baton after being pulled over for an alleged traffic offence. The BBC's Nada Torfik says the incident has led to renewed calls for police reform. We haven't had federal legislation on police reform in decades. But the problem is the prospects are even lower this time around because in the Senate, Democrats have a slim majority there. In the House, Republicans also have a slim majority. So it makes it very unlikely that with those dynamics in play that we'll see any more progress on federal legislation. 
The US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has warned Israel it will endanger its long-term security if it abandons efforts to resolve the escalating conflict with the Palestinians. He was speaking after talks in Israel with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Mr Blinken said moving away from a two-state solution would undermine prospects for peace. He urged both sides to restore calm. As we advance Israel's integration, we can do so in ways that improve the daily lives of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza. And that's crucial to moving toward our enduring goal of Palestinians and Israelis enjoying equal measures of freedom, security, opportunity, justice, and dignity. President Biden remains fully committed to that goal. We continue to believe that the best way to achieve it is through preserving and then realizing the vision of two states. Lawyers representing Brazil's former president, Jair Bolsonaro, say he's applied for a tourist visa which would allow him to remain in the United States for another six months. Mr Bolsonaro left Brazil a day before his term ended in December. He denies encouraging his supporters to storm Congress earlier this month. The BBC's David Willis has more details. He previously said, Mr Bolsonaro, that he planned to return to his home country at the end of this month. But that was before the uh, siege took place on government buildings earlier this month, which has prompted his successor, Luis Inacio Lula da Silva, to launch an investigation into the conduct of Jair Bolsonaro. Specialist radiation detection equipment is being deployed in Western Australia as the search for a tiny and potentially deadly radioactive capsule continues. It fell from a truck more than two weeks ago. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports from Sydney. Recovery teams will scour the north and southbound lanes of the Great Northern Highway. It should take them five days to retrace the journey of a lorry from which the radioactive device was lost in Western Australia. The search area is about the same as the distance from London to Rome or Stockholm. The tiny capsule is part of a density gauge, which is used in the mining industry. Holding it could result in burns or radiation sickness, while prolonged exposure could cause cancer. The authorities in Namibia say a record number of rhinos were poached last year. Here's the BBC's Will Ross. Namibia's Wildlife Ministry says 87 rhinos were killed last year, almost twice as many as the year before. Across southern Africa, poaching has been on the increase, and the rhinos are becoming incredibly difficult to protect. International criminal gangs now use sophisticated equipment to track and tranquilise them before hacking off the horn, leaving the animal bleeding to death. Poaching is being fuelled by demand in Vietnam, where the horns are displayed as a status symbol or a sign of wealth. The most endangered is the black rhino, with just over 5,000 still alive. To business news, Cathay Pacific CEO Ronald Lamb says profitability is back on the radar for the airline and there's hope for the aviation industry in general after three pandemic-hit years, although he warned there were still challenges hindering a rapid return to normality. Hong Kong's flagship carrier expects to post a net loss of up to $7 billion in 2022. But Mr Lamb says an uptick in performance towards the end of the year gives cause for optimism. We have seen improvement in the second half of 2022 compared to the first half. And I'm very encouraged about that trend. And I'm very confident that the trend will continue for this year and we'll see continuous improvement in our performance. 
The International Monetary Fund has upgraded its global growth forecast and predicted that inflation has passed its peak. Global growth is now expected to be 2.9%. Late last year, the IMF was warning that the worst was yet to come for the global economy. But the fund's chief economist, Pierre-Olivier Grinchard, said governments need to guard against complacency. Our assessment is that the battle against inflation has not yet been won. It would be premature to declare victory. So our advice is that whether it's the Federal Reserve or other central banks in countries that are facing still elevated underlying inflation pressures is to keep monetary policy on the tightening side until inflation is decisively coming down. The South Korean tech giant Samsung says its profits for the final three months of last year fell by 69% compared with the previous year. The quarterly drop is the company's biggest in eight years. Samsung is the world's biggest maker of memory chips and smartphones. The global economic downturn has affected demand for electronic gadgets. Sales have also slowed after booming during the pandemic when people spent more time online. The firm has also suffered rising costs. The final Boeing 747 jumbo jet has rolled off the production line in the US after five decades in which it transformed air travel. The BBC's Michelle Fleury reports. From Boeing's 747 maiden flight more than five decades ago, the world knew this was something special. Designed in the 60s to meet the demand for mass travel, it made long-haul international travel routine. Its range allowed airlines to fly non-stop between cities never before connected, and its size meant it could fill seats at the back with cheaper fares. Over the past two decades, airlines have switched to the more fuel-efficient two-engine 777, with the last 747 flying off into history as a cargo plane for Atlas Air. The airline Emirates says it successfully completed a test flight using sustainable fuel as it tries to reduce carbon emissions. The Boeing 777 flew from Dubai for more than an hour, with one engine entirely powered by the fuel. Emirates says the product is made partly from agricultural waste. To sports and football where West Ham are through to the fifth round of the English FA Cup. Goals from Jared Bowen and Mikhail Antonio gave the Hammers a 2-0 win at third-tier Derby County. The BBC's Chris Sutton was at the game. David Moyes will be absolutely made up that you know they, they are through and they're building a little bit of momentum now. They go to Newcastle at the weekend and they'll take... A bit of confidence from uh, from that performance, but of course David Moyes able to re- uh, to rest some of his big guns as well. So the perfect night for David Moyes and West Ham. A trip to Manchester United is up next for West Ham after the fifth round draw was made ahead of kickoff. With more on some of the standout tyres, here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. Much has been made of the Hollywood tale of Wrexham, the National League side, so they play in the fifth tier of English football and their actor owners, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. But could a sequel be on the cards? If they get past Sheffield United in their replay, Tottenham of the Premier League will be their next opponents in the FA Cup at home as well. Elsewhere, Brighton, who knocked out the holders Liverpool at the weekend, will face championship side Stoke and Manchester City will travel to Bristol City in both the men's FA Cup fifth round and in the women's. The draw for the fifth round of that competition was also made today and the standout tie will see the holders Chelsea take on the 14-time winners Arsenal. Everton have named former Burnley boss Sean Dyche as their new manager. He replaces Frank Lampard, who was sacked last week with the club second from bottom in the English Premier League and two points from safety. The BBC's Phil McNulty has more details. 
Well, it was no great surprise this, as Sean Dyche has actually been seen filmed and pictured going into Everton's training headquarters for the last couple of days. But the 51-year-old, who was sacked by Burnley in April, is now back in football, having signed a two-and-a-half-year contract to succeed Frank Lampard after he lost his job a week ago. Dyche has the toughest possible start with his first game against Premier League leaders Arsenal at Goodison Park on Saturday, and he has the task of dragging Everton away from the relegation zone, where they currently sit in 19th position with just three wins and only 15 points. The chairman, Bill Kenwright, describes Dyche as a man who could inspire our fan base, while Dyche himself says there's quality in the squad, but we have to make them shine, and that's the job of me and my staff. Argentina's World Cup winner Enzo Fernandez is close to joining Chelsea on a British transfer record. The BBC's Paul Serres reports. Chelsea have bid $130 million for Benfica's Argentina midfielder Enzo Fernandez in a move that would break the British transfer record. So far, there is no indication whether Chelsea's offer, thought to include instalments, will be accepted. But if the deal does go through, it will eclipse the almost $124 million that Manchester City paid Aston Villa for Jack Grealish in 2021. Fernandez was named Young Player of the Tournament following Argentina's World Cup triumph in Qatar. Benfica have previously accused Chelsea of trying to unsettle the midfielder, with the Portuguese side's manager, Roger Schmidt, declaring their pursuit closed. Argentina's football superstar Lionel Messi has revealed that he received so many social media messages after winning the World Cup in December, he had trouble accessing his accounts. Messi said at one stage he had more than one million messages on Instagram and his profile was blocked for a few days. A picture of Messi lifting the World Cup trophy in Qatar quickly became the most liked Instagram post ever, with more than 70 million likes. In golf, the tension between Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed has been clear for all to see this past week, but it's ended with McIlroy the happier as he beat his rival on the final hole to win the Dubai Desert Classic for the third time. McIlroy had to make a birdie on the last hole, but he held his nerve to win his first tournament of the year. The world number one had ignored Reed at the start of the tournament after revealing he'd been served with legal papers by Reed's lawyers in the American's defamation case against the PGA Tour. I've already had so many wonderful memories around this golf course and in Dubai in general. So to to create some more today, um, it's just it's really cool. Um, you know, Dubai's been a big part of my my career and my journey, and um, you know, to to get my name on this trophy for a third time today and join Ernie Els um, is is a pretty cool feeling. To the weather forecast, dry with sunny periods this afternoon, but mainly cloudy tonight. Winds will be moderate easterlies, fresh offshore at first. The outlook temperatures will rise further with more sunny intervals tomorrow, but it'll be windier with a few rain patches in the following few days. Currently 20 degrees Celsius, humidity at 50%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says he opposes the idea of an independent inquiry into the handling of the COVID outbreak. And the legislator, who represents the architectural, surveying, planning and landscape sectors, says he found a mock-up of a light public housing flat quite appealing. The new sports and weather from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
20 past one for a Tuesday afternoon, and this is the brew. Breaking me was overcome. Walking these lonely streets, even in good company, I want to run. But now- 